Hello, welcome to Mod Midwives, a Metro Midwifery podcast. I'm Gina Gerba. And I'm Nedra Hale, and we are homebirth midwives serving the Denver metro area. Well, in this last and final establishment, or no, installment <laughs> of um, our Stages of Labor podcast, we're going to talk about the third stage of labor, which is the one that parents just kind of don't like, don't have any bandwidth for. People forget about it sometimes actually that there's a placenta to be birthed <laughs> yeah yeah it's just like oh the baby's out i'm done nope not done yet You're not done and in fact i would argue that this may be i mean other than <clears throat> keeping mom and baby safe obviously super key but from a practitioner standpoint the third stage is almost the most important stage yes <laughs> yes that is true because Actually, one of the leading causes of maternal mortality is um, postpartum hemorrhage. In the United States, it's not because we have so many surgical births that we have um, pulmonary embolism is way up there, strangely. But um, in most of the world, globally, postpartum hemorrhage is the leading cause of death. So we need to be paying attention at this point. And I just want to clarify that you were not saying that we don't have a high number of postpartum hemorrhages in the United oh, no. States. We do. We've got yes. a lot. We've got, and it is a significant cause of postpartum death. It is. I think it's the third cause in the United States. Um, but we have, because we have so many C-sections, we have complications from surgery is higher. And actually postpartum hemorrhage, severe postpartum hemorrhage is also a cause uh, of complication from surgery too. Mm-hmm. It's more likely after a C-section that you have a serious postpartum hemorrhage. So so yes, from a from a data perspective, it's still extremely significant yeah. and important. So, mm-hmm. so that sounded really scary. Uh, super scary. Sorry, everybody. That was a that it's was important. a um, cautionary tale about why this is important. Because you know, as a new as a student, once I watched um, a number of times where the midwife didn't even wasn't even really paying attention and didn't. Um, even start to notice that we didn't have a placenta until well after an hour. And that's just not okay. We need a placenta. We need a placenta because the risk of postpartum hemorrhage just, you know, hugely goes up after um, an hour when with a expectant management of the third stage, which is usually what most midwives are practicing in a community setting. So, so let's back up. So baby's out, baby's on the birthing person's abdomen Um, and the placenta and the baby are still attached. And now the uterus has to change functions. It now needs to expel the placenta. Do you wanna talk about the physiology of that at all? So the uterus is shrinking, shrinking, shrinking at this point. So so as the uterus shrinks, because the baby's not in there anymore, it um, starts to um, kind of peel the placenta, which may be the size of a dinner plate even, like it's a pretty large organ. Um, It starts to peel the placenta off of the uterine wall as it shrinks, and also the shrinking is um, closing off those um, blood vessels that are bleeding. So as the placenta comes off, there's bleeding that happens, and then hopefully the uterus is nice and taut and strong and clamps those off right away. Yeah. And one thing that can happen is that uh, where the uterus starts to, uh, sorry, where the placenta starts to shear off the wall of the uterus varies. 
Sometimes it happens at the edge, but sometimes it happens in the middle of the placenta. And um, where that separation starts to happen, you have a little gap between the uterus and the placenta and you can form a blood clot or a blood, you know, blood starts to fill that space. It's called the retroplacental clot. And um, that helps to push on the rest of the placenta to start to separate, to be delivered. But one reason why we need a placenta to be delivered soon after birth is because that retroplacental clot can grow quite mm. significantly and you can have a lot of internal bleeding that you don't see. Right. And so that's one of the reasons why it's a risky um, time period and why you want to be paying close attention. Yes. So all of this is hopefully happening without any like big deal to the parents. They're just like snuggling their baby. And as a provider, we are just paying attention to what's going on with the placenta. That's yeah. what usually happens. We're just watching it. We are not ignoring it. You know, we're sitting right there watching for signs of bleeding yeah. and signs of separation and all of that stuff. Yeah. So usually we see a gush of blood when the placenta is about ready to be born. And also we'll see the cord lengthen because the placenta is moving down through the uterus. Um, this is one reason why we like to have two midwives at a birth because one person can be watching for these signs and the other person can be focusing on the baby and watching the baby's transition. So usually what happens is that before the birth of the baby, we're just kind of all doing whatever needs to be done. And then as soon as the baby's born, the primary midwife is usually watching for the placenta, signs of placental separation. And the second midwife is usually taking over as baby midwife. That's for our practice and many, many other practices that I've been involved in. But maybe that's not true across the board. Right. Um, so uh, with each subsequent pregnancy, you're more likely to have kind of uncomfortable after pains or cramping after the birth. It can sometimes feel like another <laughs> contraction, you know, more contractions are starting up again. Yeah. I had a lot. I had really bad after pains. Oh, me too. It's horrible. Oh, so <laughs> horrible. And you just, again, you think you're done, but nope. Psych, not oh, done. You're still in labor like two days yeah. later. <laughs> yeah. And there's not much to be done about it other than you can take some ibuprofen. There's belly binding. Some people like to do. There's some herbs you can take. Um, After Ease by Wish Garden is one of the blends. But, but it's also just a sign that your body is working right. And so a certain amount of acceptance and surrender is necessary too. It's just physiologically, the more babies we have, the more relaxed our uterus is, and it needs to work a little harder to get back to where it's supposed yeah. to be. And it's all really important, and it's all supposed to happen, and all of that. Yeah. So, and it's um, usually pick they pick up every time you nurse the baby. The oxytocin from breastfeeding causes a contraction in the uterus, and so yeah. good times, good times. <laughs> so for the birthing person, the thing to know about the third stage is just that it's just know that we're still doing really important stuff and we're still, it just seems like it's all over, but it's not for us. So we're really focusing on the baby's transition and the delivery of the placenta. Mm -hmm. um, for you, the thing to do would be to just like enjoy your baby and start to get to know this baby and discover this is where we're counting fingers and Right. What does it look like? It looks like great uncle Sal. <laughs> you know, all of those things you can kind of start, you might be, you might be learning the, uh, you know, assigned sex of the baby at this point for the first time. Um, you know, there's a lot of exciting stuff that could be happening in this moment. Yeah. 
Um, and so just focus on that baby and all those good oxytocin hormones will help with the uterus too and help the baby transition as well. Um, so the one midwife is doing APGAR assessments. Um, we don't have to do anything other than observe the baby on you. And the other midwife is watching for placenta. So then the birth of the placenta marks the end of the third stage. And that is when the birth is complete officially. The birth is not complete until the placenta is born. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after the placenta, what's everybody's favorite part that we should probably give everybody a heads up about? Before that, I wanted to say the placenta oh. has no bones. Yeah, It is not typically that uncomfortable to push it out but sometimes people feel apprehensive about it because yes especially they feel a thing there and they they don't want to push again they just pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed and pushed yeah it is really important for the birthing person to push gently for the placenta to come out as opposed to us facilitating the delivery although it is a team effort we do guide it um, but we don't like to pull really hard so yeah you gotta gotta There um, is a there is a happy medium there there though because I hear people say I don't want anyone to help me with the delivery of the placenta. Well, that could cause that situation to happen where we have right. a bunch of be- bleeding behind the placenta. We do if the placenta is ready to come out, it needs to come out because when the placenta is yeah. sitting in there. It keeps the uterus from yeah. clamping down. And we are definitely like style wise, we are very proactive about that. We want the. Um, placenta to be out you know just because you know statistically the timing is all really important so you know we want it Mm -hmm. ideally within 30 minutes um, because the Mm -hmm. chance of hemorrhage goes up after that and uh you know so we want to we want it yeah it's actually considered a retained placenta at an hour if you didn't get uh, medications to assist with the delivery of it it's considered a retained placenta at 30 minutes if you did get medications um, with delivery after delivery. And sometimes we, that's called active management of the third stage. It's where we give a preventative dose of Pitocin to help facilitate the delivery of the placenta. It is, um, it's, there's very clear evidence to support it, but it's not necessarily part of our routine care. Our routine care would be watchful waiting. Um, But sometimes we would recommend it. Sometimes people come with um, a variety of risk factors. Most importantly is a previous postpartum hemorrhage. If they've had a hemorrhage before, it's a good idea to proactively um, help with that if that's something that the client is open to. Right. I mean, with my babies, I always have active management because I had a hemorrhage with my first one. So it's just what I do. And it's, I think it's totally fine. It does not make it to me does not make an impact on my experience. In fact, I prefer to not bleed too much. Thank you very much. Yeah. <laughs> One of my mentor midwives says it's uh, postpartum hemorrhage is a way to ruin a perfectly good home birth. So yeah, yeah. Yes. not fun, not fun at all. Yeah. So I don't know that there's a lot more to say about that. Um, I think we talked about the midwife's role in the, in this episode, we talked about the midwife's role first and the parents, what the parents are doing second, but this is really where we are as midwives. Like right. on our, we need to be on our A game here. Yes, for sure. Um, oh, I guess when the placenta is delivered, we do examine it. So um, we like to do this in front of the parents if they're interested, so that you can see what your placenta looks like. And we call it the placenta show. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's great. I think it's great to do the examination in front of the parents. Uh, my routine is to cut the cord at some point after the delivery of the placenta. 
before the newborn exam, depending on when it seems like a natural time. Yeah. Um, Sometimes people, sometimes people like they kind of are having a hard time getting situated and comfortable to find a good position for nursing. And we might just suggest that we cut it. Yeah. So typically we've wrapped it up in a checks. um, Maybe it's in a bag and it's just kind of gets tucked next to the baby. And a lot of times that's totally fine for waiting until, you know, close to the newborn exam to cut it. But sometimes it is awkward and People are, you know, it's a lot of times up to the discretion of the parents that they're just like, okay, this is in the way. Let's go. Yeah. Once the placenta is delivered, there's no more exchange of blood happening between the mother and baby. You know, it's not, there's no more blood getting to the baby. It's definitely had its time to, you know, completely. Right. uh, For the baby to get all of their cord blood. Right. Yeah. So that's. Do we want to talk about placenta options or is that a different oh, podcast? I think that's a different podcast. Okay. There are options for your placenta. <laughs> we can just say, we can briefly say, you might want to keep it. You might want to discard it. You might want to encapsulate it. You might want to do something artsy with it. There's lots of things that people do with it. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that would be a good topic for another for podcast. The whole thing. What to do with the placenta. Yeah, that's a good idea. Um, so yeah, so that's really the third the third stage is just the birth of the placenta. And it's so important for the um, midwife to understand what, uh, um, I don't want to say risky because that sounds scare tactic-y, but it's really important for the midwife to understand that this is the point in labor that we can have um, maybe the highest number of complications. Yeah, and our action or lack of action, yeah, yeah it's the potential to impact what happens here, you know, greatly in this stage. So actually postpartum hemorrhage would be a pretty interesting podcast topic. So maybe we'll put that on the back burner to get more in depth with that. Uh, Parents might feel like they don't want to get too far into that one, but it would be great for midwives, I think, or student midwives. Yeah. There you go. You got two. Yeah. We're just racking up the topics. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks for joining us on our series of three podcasts. Um, that all went over each of the three stages of labor. Um, is there anything else wrapping up that we need to go over with this? I don't think so. By the way, last the last podcast we did before this, um, before this series of three, it cut out. Our recording cut out and I couldn't make it edit. Like oh. it didn't make sense to edit it out. It was weird. Sometimes Zoom does weird things to us. Oh no. I mean, we were in our rambly after show things, but it was not great. Oh no. Yeah. All right. Well, when this is all over, I, I, part of the reason we did the series of three is because I'm going on vacation. So I will be back from vacation and hopefully rejuvenated and well-rested. Vacations have a way of not being very not restful. Tiring. <laughs> this one should be pretty restful though because we switched to Lake Tahoe which should be pretty you, see, you don't get to see the ocean but you get to see some water water I think I think Big I'm water. gonna be okay yeah. also um Hawaii extended their quarantine so there was no way it was never gonna happen yeah. I wish I, I'd made the call well, sooner when I went to Yellowstone last was it last week it was a week before last um I, we camped right next to this lake, Yellowstone Lake, that is 20 miles by 14 miles. Wow, that's huge. 
and I could see it through the trees of our campsite and it looked like the ocean to me and it so it almost did the trick I was just like I can I can visualize this as the ocean (laughs) not having to fly is worth its weight yes I'm, you know, I was prepared to do it, but I'm really glad I don't have to get on a plane with other people. Yes, yes, me too. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, okay, well, have a great week, everybody. We will see you on the other side. Bye. Bye.